Hello, friends. We are here today to talk about Siebel of Burn. It's the fourth book. Yes, fourth book in the Expanse series. I have to check the spine of the book to make sure I have the right number. <laughs> so uh, we're here with, with the crew for the mm -hmm. Expanse uh, read. Chris, do you want to kick us off with some introductions? Yeah, my name is Chris. I sometimes make YouTube videos and talk on podcasts about books and movies that I like. <laughs> very quick, very quick. Hi, I'm Robin. I have a YouTube called Bookends and Biscuits where I mostly discuss books and mostly in the realm of sci-fi and crime. So yeah, that's me. Yes. And Layla? Yes, I'm Layla Goshi, an English professor. Uh, I'm a writer and um, you can find me on Twitter. Nice. And soon there'll be more, but soon there'll be more. I'll tell you all about that later. <laughs> cool. Yeah. So we were chatting right before we uh, went live about it sounds like we're gonna have some differing opinions on this one. So <laughs> it could be a fun one. So Layla, what, what were your thoughts on this one? Well, I really I really enjoyed it. I feel like it was it's the best one I've read so far, you know of the books. I'm not talking about episodes or anything, you know, related yet. Um, and uh, I think it was just certain uh, themes and tropes, as I said, that um, I've always enjoyed. I've, I've always enjoyed the idea of the lonely, deserted civilization out there in space, you know, and this had that, you know, definitely had that with all of the, you know, the, what, the million year old machinery that cranks back up. I've always kind of really enjoyed that type of theme and um, story. So that was one of, one of many things that I liked about it. I think uh, you screwed Chris away. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe he changed his mind. <laughs> he was just done. He was just done with them. <laughs> 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 Uh, what what about you, Robin? What were your thoughts on this one? Um, I oh, I had uh, I liked it a lot actually, um, because for a very similar reason actually, it's Layla because I really enjoy that um, colony on a planet trying to work it out and the kind of issues that you have in that kind of um, place, and you've got resource issues and you always have the fights between who wants to be leader, and um, that's something that I've always enjoyed in past sci-fi books. Um, but I can also see the negative side of it because you went from the first three books being quite big and political in space to being reduced right down to this tiny kind of story on a planet. So I feel like in the series, it's probably not my favourite, but as a book, I really enjoyed it. Um, mm -hmm. So I thought it was good. I didn't like how they... Um, uh, they teased Bobby at the beginning and then didn't bring her back. That annoyed me quite a lot. <laughs> but, um, but in general, I did actually um, enjoy it. I enjoyed the first half a lot more than the second, though. The second half, it got a bit... Um, not ridiculous is the wrong word, but a bit much, I think, in some places <laughs> for me. But that's that's what's coming. How about you? Um, I like the bones of the... Of, like, the, the meat. There's mm -hmm. a lot of fat, though. Yeah, oh, yeah. Lot, that just didn't need to be there. I think there's some really great ideas. Um, but I do see almost like a like a formula that they kind of use for each book. And that's fine. But like Robin, like you mentioned towards like the over halfway, you know, that there's a lot there that just didn't really add anything. And it just kind of 
lost interest a little bit, but I, I, the epilogue was really good. <laughs> that's when it kind of, um, you kind of, I think that's, that's probably my favorite part of the book is the, the very end is the conversation between Evasorella and, and Bobby, but, um, mm -hmm. I really miss them. They are some of my favorite characters. So I miss their, their presence, but yeah, overall it was, it was okay. Um, but I, I think it could have been half the size and told the same story. Yeah, no, I, 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 feel, I do fully agree with that. There was a lot of, a lot of, not filler, but as you said, a bit of, lip, a bit of fat in there, on top of it there. So, so when you said you missed Bobby and us, us, I can't say, I'm giving up immediately. Um, did you enjoy the new points of view we got in this book? Because we uh, had L.V. Havelock, Holden, Bassia. I don't know if you say it that way. And then the investigated it. So we actually, I think we had five. Oh, well, six, if you count Bobby as well, as an interim sort of thing. Mm. I thought they were okay. Um, Havelock is from the first book, right? That's the yeah. detective? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that was kind of neat that they brought him back. But yeah. Was it, though? Was it? Uh, it was okay. It was, it was cool <laughs> that there was like, a, oh, I remember him. But, it's it's um, like there are only like 10 people in this entire world sometimes is that people just happen to be in two places in one time, even though we're in different galaxies. I don't know. <laughs> Welcome back, Chris. What were your, uh, what were your overall thoughts on this one? Uh, I hate read some of this, I have to admit. <laughs> there were times when I went, oh my God. Uh, but I learned an awful lot about myself while doing it. <laughs> Yeah, believe it so, or not. <laughs> so what, uh, what was it that uh, didn't quite do it for you? Uh, well, one of the reasons I actually wanted to come on, because I know Robin reads a lot of sci-fi as well. And to me, this isn't very sci-fi-ish. And a lot of the science doesn't actually make sense. I'm sure we'll get to it later. Like the, the rule of Miller in this, really, by the time we got to the later stages of this book, I went, what is happening here? Mm -hmm. This is not how non-corporeal things work. Um... <laughs> Uh, so a lot of the sci-fi didn't make sense and then i think also the fact that it's about 100 pages longer than than the previous books uh, and i don't really know what why they needed another 100 pages other than spent up the locations there are a lot of things contrived in it like the ship where the daughter was put on to make us care about the people on the ship that got, the daughter was literally just put on there so that we would feel the peril there but again mm -hmm. in reality why was she on the ship she went up to the, the ship so she could get off planet, but the ship wasn't going anywhere. Oh, there's just lots of little things that annoyed me about it. <laughs> I, 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 I try and use it as comic relief as we make our way through it. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, Chris, it's... you picked on something that bothered me about the last book, which is, um, you know, I don't remember all the names right now, but it, mm -hmm. um, you know, they all seem to know each other yeah. like Clarissa. Oh, it was Clarissa. And they're just happened to be a socialite who, you know, Tilly was on there. Yeah. Parents. Yeah. So that is kind of a, um, a technique that they use, I guess. Um, and I think it makes you interested and care about the character, but sure. yeah, you really have to suspend dis your belief or disbelief. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I, I can see that. I see your point on that. Yeah, I think the other thing that, that annoyed me, it, it 
didn't turn into the book that I thought it was going to be after about the first 100 pages. I thought it was going to be very thematically rich in terms of exploring the rights and needs of colonization and what's mm -hmm. correct and right about that. And it just kind of, after 100 pages, it just kind of threw all that out the window uh, and kind of went, we're going to tell a different story here. We're going to tell a much more action-oriented story here and then threw that apart, which it was maybe just plays into the disappointment as I was reading along going, it didn't give me what I wanted out of it. Um, yeah. Which I maybe never forgive it for <laughs> up to that point. <laughs> the, uh, the, do they, I'm curious what you all think about this. Is, is Holden supposed to be an unlikable character? Cause he's, he's a little bit of a scumbag, isn't he? I mean, he, he's still, cause he's has this relationship and he's, it seems like they're, everything is working out pretty well. But he's still kind of his eyes wander a lot. I think he's, I don't know. He didn't do anything, but still, I thought, I don't know. Just me. Maybe it's just me. No, I think that I think that uh, admitted in the book. Not that I'm defending it or whatever, but I think it's indicated that that's how he was. Mm -hmm. Really met Naomi, and yeah. maybe we're starting to see that he still has you know, those tendencies. And actually it was LV that, that shut him down. Yeah. Even though, you know, um, he, uh, he told her first that he didn't think they'd work out or whatever, but obviously he was aware of some kind of feeling between them. Mm. You know? Oh, I didn't mean that at all. I thought, A, mm. I didn't really like her character for a start. Um, I didn't like the way she's written and some of the stuff that, the, the female character issue i think um but um but i didn't see it that way i thought he could how i read it or how i took it was i thought he noticed that obviously she had a thing for him and he didn't know how to get out of that situation mm -hmm. not as in like he would have gone anywhere with it although mm -hmm. i understand that that last chapter where she's suddenly like oh actually he's just a man it it, mm -hmm. it put when he was talking to her about it, but I, I really felt that it was him just being awkward with having that kind of attention when he wasn't wanting it rather than the other way around. Yeah, I read it exactly the same, Robin, to be honest. I didn't think there was ever any prospect from Holden's side that yeah. he was ever going to do anything. Although I was interested to hear both yourself and Neil's opinion on how LV was written because I thought that whole that whole bit where she went from being infatuated to him to all of a sudden after one night you know waking up in a, in a sweat and all of a sudden she was fine again i just thought that was so actually yeah, yeah no, i felt the same way i just want to say i felt the same way yes <laughs> go ahead I, I again i i didn't i didn't i kind of loved i actually liked the kind of um the fact that they gave it a very scientific kind of like it was to do with biology and, and it was just a psychological process and i get that's kind of a bit meh but um it, it kind of made me chuckle I didn't think it was like terrible um and it kind of gave me a I have an interest in human, human psychology and that kind of stuff mm -hmm. and I was like well I think I can understand that um but yeah as I said I didn't really like her as a character anyway although I did like I did like the way she um got into her work because I think that described flow states very well <laughs> getting into your flow state when you're working um i can i can understand that side of things but um, i like that bit of it too but mm -hmm. then i thought well, why write her characters have been in fact you know what i mean it, it was a bit of an odd thing to write given what they end up using for i don't know it, it seemed to be odd mm. well, I, I wondered if it was a balance 
for Naomi's um, friendship with Havelock, you know, and I don't know the reason for that either in terms of the plot, like what does it advance or prove that they, they have some kind of friendship flirtation going on. And so I don't know if they were just trying to humanize them as a couple to say, you know, sometimes temptations are out there or whatever, you know, but it did, um, I can see how it was a distraction. And um, one thing I missed too was in regard to LV and science is that I, I felt like LV was there to do science that the plot wanted her to do, <laughs> you know, uh, that the writers wanted her to do, not yeah. there for, you know, I mean, there's so much going on when they land, you know, or they try to land. And then they're on this strange planet where any potential minor issue could suddenly become a crisis. Yes. For sure. And then they've got, you know, um, these artifacts, these ruins. And, you know, she's not saying anything like, hey, we need to shut everything down because this is like the find of the century. She's not seeing any of this. And she's not, and none of them seem to feel like that, um, you know, uh, what is it? Threatened. I mean, they're out in the middle of nowhere. I, I don't know. And they could show a little bit more healthy fear and respect for where they are. Did, did you not hate, I absolutely, absolutely hated the scene where she goes into the, um, like, town hall meeting she's like so uh guys we need to like not do this and then she kind of runs off and get and i was just like that was awful oh my god <laughs> i hated that entire interaction i just thought that was so poorly done i'm like yeah. she's a scientist at the top of her field i get that science people can be a bit awkward i work in a science field <laughs> but um like i just i just thought that whole interaction was just like so cringy i just didn't like that at all i don't think yeah. but you're right i don't think they took it that you, you'd be far more aware of how much of an issue this could be for you in fact you're gonna live nowhere and you haven't got the resources or backup i agree yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. but a, a lot of the plot felt like that it was very contrived everything everything happened in a certain way for maximum effect and story wise like if the rc were deaf were going to that planet to set up a dome why would they land on top of the squatters like that's a big, it's a whole planet. They could literally <laughs> have landed on the other side, and we had no issues. They could have set up their dome over there, and then why would you go on top of a, of a contested plot? Like I know I realize we wouldn't have a book then, but you know, the, <laughs> <laughs> the whole thing just felt very contrived, as if these really small, minor decisions were made this way for plot reasons. I don't know. It just. I think it just started degrading me when these things like Holden's attitude and the way that he approached the whole thing felt very he doesn't come out very well out of it to be honest does he? I think he's a bit of a wet lettuce and I have to admit I think I think the whole thing that annoys me most about him is that I can actually think that that's exactly what I would do and I think that's the bit that really annoyed me <laughs> it's exactly for somebody that's supposed to be the hero of the story he's doing exactly what I would do as a pacifist or otherwise, I would just be like, oh, everybody calm down. We're okay. <laughs> I don't know. I think, um, you know, even though I've said 
several negative things now about the book. Uh, what I did like about <laughs> what I did like about it was um, with Holden, we are starting to see that perfection crack a bit more. You know where? Yeah, he comes in that he's going to be you know unbiased and he's going to you know assert the the law of you know Aversarala and the what is it united nations or united planets whatever i forget and um he starts to crack you know as um his own team gets threatened and as the work he's trying to do is undermined and um so i think i liked that part that it was showing that um he you know he can be perfect in a perfect world but when it's just you know a frontier like that a free-for-all um you have to start making hard choices and sometimes they don't fit your ethics yeah i, I did think actually maybe the book was setting up the, the hero's journey a little bit is that Holden went in with one intention and realized that he had to end up doing another ultimately at the end you know for all of his morals and the things that he would like to have happened it was going to end a certain way and mm -hmm. i actually really loved the epilogue i was actually totally my favorite it was worth getting to the end of the book to get the epilogue where avasarella mm -hmm. says god damn james holden he screwed up the one time i wanted him to go in and make a mess of things and screw up the way he normally does and he did none of it and i, I really loved that kind of together I, I, I thought that was great that's good that was the one thing that i thought because throughout the whole book i'm thinking why would they send holden to why would send him of all people yeah. why yeah. but then it makes sense that okay they wanted him to fail so but I, I love the the epilogue too and and there's just so many so many things you wouldn't think of there's this frontier this whole this whole new part of the universe that you know is just mm -hmm. ripe we could just do whatever we want with it it's this new and uh just you don't really think of okay how do we man you know who manages it who makes these these decisions yeah. mm -hmm. you know that that's all really interesting i thought that was probably my favorite part of the book is kind of thinking that through yeah, yeah. i absolutely adored and my favorite particularly it was at the end as well where they were talking about um the effect and she was going through the 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 massive issue this is going to be for mars potentially oh, yeah. and i love this i think it was a sentence probably one i marked <laughs> was a sentence where she's talking about do you know what we do in earth if half the population left we'd make bigger houses but on mars you know the whole infrastructure the politics everything would just fail miserably and it would be a big it'd be a massive issue for me i really like the idea of not like the idea of that but like the discussion around that and 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 thinking that far ahead i just thought was uh was really really interesting i met that idea it was touched earlier on in the book as well that actually what's the purpose of space if you have an unlimited amount of habitable worlds why would anybody live in space as well and this whole idea of the sci-fi living in space thing i thought that was really interesting so with these little touch points where they were talking thematically about you know the larger implications other than what was happening on this planet and those bits are really interesting and lead the way more questions that need answered further on down the line and then kind of got back to the power going out in ships that sit in orbit <laughs> somehow <laughs> i think uh I think it's what you were talking about, Robin, is on 579. I have that one tabbed. Mm -hmm. um, half the Martian mm -hmm. government understands, and they're shitting themselves so hard they won't have bones left. Who the fuck's going to stay on Mars? A thousand new worlds you don't have to live in. 
caves and wear environment suits to walk in under the sky, no one's going to be there. Do you know what would happen if half the population of Earth left for the worlds beyond the ring? Uh, we knock down some walls and make bigger apartments. That's how people end up on basic. Hmm. So uh, do you know what would happen if Mars, to Mars if 20% of the population leaves? So then everything was shut down. Terraforming would be shut down. It'd be mm -hmm. a disaster. So you have to, all that all that was really, that was the, the best part, I thought. Yeah, it was. Mm -hmm. that, that part was great. Yeah, that was really, really good. Because yeah, those are the big, sorry. No, you can. I was going to say, those are the bigger sci-fi parts. This is the bits yeah. you want out of a sci-fi novel. The really big ideas are the things that tie you together and go, oh, yeah, I hadn't thought of it like that, and kind of push the, the corners of your brain yeah. rather than the minute-to-minute action-y kind of pulpy stuff that's happening. I think, they, I think they've also, I, again, I love it because it's the arc across the whole series. In the earlier books, there's been this big discussion about how Mars is one nation who has one idea, has one plan, mm -hmm. which is to terraform, and they, they all be brought together, and that's why they're so good at what they do. And also now, if that goes away, this, it's just, I like the way it's the continuation of the series and the discussions of how that changes. I think it's, mm -hmm. yeah, it's great. <laughs> so. Uh, a couple of comments. Uh, our friend Chadia is here. Hey, Chadia. Also, uh, Fit to be Bread said it had the same feeling about landing next to the settlement. <laughs> <laughs> and a uh, regular sci-fi fail, failing to imagine planets are big and diverse, not one small uh, stretch of land and people. Yeah, because you got that feeling when the LV was driving along with Amos, uh, when they were going through the different biospheres, when they were going to chase Holden at the end, of how diverse the fauna and the flora and stuff was, the different Biomes that they went through, and we got we got to say none of this. Why? Why would the not if she was a scientist? But like you said, Robin, you know, if she really was a scientist, she would have been out there doing that way earlier, rather than just being a doctor, because they already had a doctor. Hmm. Yeah, that's a great point. Yeah. And you know, what did you say about Miller earlier, Chris? Oh, about AI. Is that what you? So Miller is a construct in Holden's head, isn't he? He's he's, ne he's not actually there. So he's literally just a projection from within Holden's head in the human's ocular, or Holden's ocular implants. And then he takes over an alien form or a, a machine in the building. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What? <laughs> and LV seems to be fine with that. Yeah, everybody seems to be fine with that. that. But he doesn't exist, right? It's not like he's a he's an actual thing. He's just he's a bit of goo on the on the Rossanante, you know, projected there. Yeah. I don't, I don't know the whole thing. I was like, what what is what is happening here? And he ripped off the door, so all of a sudden he can affect the world around him if he can take something else over. Whereas for the last two books, he hasn't been able to do that. That that bit annoyed me. Annoyed. I if this had been a standalone, I'd have closed the book at that stage. <laughs> it really got to me. I was oh, like, no. what is happening? <laughs> oh, geez. I just, you know, when you have a thought when you say something, and now it completely went out of my head. Oh, that was yeah. it. What did you guys think of the um, the investigator parts of the book? Because I thought that gave us a little bit more, I guess, understanding of, of the station, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, so, what did you guys think? Oh. And, and actually of where Miller yeah. was, was from. <laughs> that bit was interesting. And I have to admit, I don't know if we really totally understood it. I got the progression mm -hmm. as it went the, uh, the investigator back to the investigator. The interludes is that the investigator sort of was Miller. Mm 
uh, at some point with the little references first to the hat and then the beer and all of that kind of stuff. They were interesting because you did get this idea that reaching out, reaching out, reaching out, reaching out. And they even said, I think it's the second one, Doors and Windows. I think that was the first the first time you got an indication that it that it was um that it was Miller himself. But I did feel like I was missing something. Cause I read it it didn't it wasn't Miller. It was that was the like the station that was looking for the mm -hmm. people that built it before and that Miller was just a kind of a sub process of that. Think, yeah, um, it was yeah. part of the thinking the thinking mechanism behind mm -hmm. it. But it started to creep in more and more as as we yes. every time we went back to the investigators, he became more prevalent. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. But um, but yeah, I didn't. It was it was interesting, but yeah, I think also confusing <laughs> for me anyway. But, so. but it did give you a bigger idea of something else going on. It took me out mm -hmm. of that kind of into the more interesting aspects of the story. Um, and I, and I, I, did, I did appreciate that every time he came along, I was going to get a little bit more about something. You know, in a way, I feel like it's a representation of the the invisible character, which is whoever did come before, you know, whoever mm. did make, um, create the, the Miller bot, you know, whatever it is, <laughs> um, and all of the machinery. Um, and uh, I love that part, I because it's like there's this character out there in the you know waiting in the wings so to speak but we're never really going to see that character because they're extinct mm -hmm. um, and so we're finding them through um things like miller or um the investigator or the you know i keep thinking of them as monoliths you know whatever the big structures are that apparently are generating meant to generate energy like that whole planet was just meant to be an energy planet yeah um and so i kind of that's something that i like about that i'm not sure that they did it they've done it as well as i wanted them to where i could get a better sense of what you know what were these people about i mean if i were going to take this into a new direction with lv it would be, you know, archaeology. I mean, who was here? What happened? What, you know, what um, were the centers of importance of the place? And so I just feel like that's kind of an an untapped um, area. But that that's what fascinated me. And that's what made me enjoy the book, really, was sort of thinking down those lines. Do you, uh, does anyone else get the feeling like Miller's consciousness is somehow attached to, like, he's there? It's kind of the impression I got from some of the interludes, like, he's um, not really in control, or it's kind of like they're, he's, he's a part of it now, like, he's been absorbed. I got a real, you know, Terminator AI type of hmm. feel where, you know, you come to this boundary where, is this human or is this machine or is this you know spirit and um so I, I like i like that part so i would say yes i think miller is part of it but i don't know if he's consciously a part of it or if the proto molecule is using um the best aspects of his personality like scientifically, it knows what relates best to other humans. And so it's drawing from that. It's an algorithm. 
Yeah, they all yeah. have the Miller algorithm. <laughs> yeah, it didn't it didn't allude to the fact that he he was still Miller as in the the, the person as such. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm not I, I don't again I'm not sure actually because it didn't I don't think it was somebody who had like the proper personality and things of Miller it kind of made it sound like it was more um the husk of what Miller had been maybe um yeah. more so I'm not sure yeah I think that was part of my confusion about the taking over the alien thing because there definitely was a sense that he was involved on the planet as much as he wasn't in, in Holden's head but how did that happen and none of it was really explained to my satisfaction, or maybe I was just too dumb to, to get to read between the lines. Um, but yeah, he, he certainly they seem to recognize him as as a personality as well as a as a construct um, that has some influence. So his idea of his hat and his beer drinking and the doors and windows, little phrases were as much a part of the investigator as they were, you know, his consciousness. Mm-hmm. So, so, and I truly don't remember this in the film in the series but where does Havelock go after this is he the replacement Miller or is he going to uh, connect with the Miller uh, entity Um, and the the protomolecule whatever it is you know Plato or whatever is out Uh, (laughs) you know they've gotten rid of it so I wonder if he's going to be a conduit. I mean, that would be a great direction to go, maybe. And I can't remember what happened in the series. My memory of the series was that a lot of the end of the book didn't happen. Mm -hmm. Uh, Havelock stayed on the ship, as far as I remember, and became a conduit to resolving it. But that could have been wrong. I thought thought in the TV series, Havelock... Didn't he die in the first? Yeah, he, uh, he got, yeah he, he died was... in season one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Was a, oh, it's a different this... character then in the. Uh, uh, he's, he was, yeah, I think uh, I think one one of you um, pointed out after our first one that the actor had another job. He's he's he does Magnum PI. Is it? Uh, that was he it. wanted out, yeah, so they yeah. killed him off. Yeah, so yeah, Havelock died in season one. Mm. Oh, so great! Uh, this might go in a new direction then. In the books, yeah, I had a lot of them like that. I have, but said, well, one of the questions I had actually about reading the experience they always introduce a whole set of new characters in every book from perspectives to write on. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure whether I like it or dislike it. You know, I'm trying not to let me overall opinions of this one novel color though thing is that you don't really get a sense of joined upness from novel to novel, other than obviously we get Holden's perspective every single time. Um, but we have to learn new characters every time we go in, except new characters that have appeared before. In a lot of cases, <laughs> I thought for sure Havelock was going to be wearing a, a red shirt because I thought he was going to die. I thought there's no way. He survived, so. Yeah, he was good. Uh, Tammy sir, uh, says you have to keep reading to find out more about the builders. And also, thank you, Tammy. Uh, Tammy says Havelock survived. They just left his character in the hospital in the TV series. Okay. Oh, mm, that's right. Oh, yeah. No, I think I do remember that. Actually, now you said yeah. it. Very good point. So maybe, yeah. <laughs> maybe that makes. Oh sense yeah, he's dead. Yeah, I forget. 
Yeah, he was seriously <laughs> hurt, I think, though. And he, he was. Uh, he was attacked, pretty, I think, by yeah. uh, Anderson Dawes' crew or something around that around the stage in the first series. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Maybe they didn't kill him because they thought they might bring him back at some point. Uh, well, maybe keep, keep their options yeah. open, but maybe it's kind of a bummer. Uh, thank you, Tammy. I think on the um, multiple points of view thing, though, I quite like it because it does allow, and I, I know, I know, it's a, a tool to use, but yeah. I, it does allow you to see the the intricacies of that particular situation. And I actually think it worked quite well on in this book because, for example, I really, really liked the bit um, where you had one chapter, and I think it was. And they were talking about how the um, the, the squatters uh, were feeling about um, and they were feeling like they wouldn't come out of the houses and they weren't they were being like very scared of them or staying in. And then you switch to Elvie's point of view and she found them as a she found them comforting to have them out there. I thought that was really um, interesting yeah. showing both points of view and how in that situation they're just people and they're just dealing with the, what, what they've seen and how it's done in different ways. So I kind of like the different points of view and especially when they're embedded in the, the particular situation you're looking at. I think it allows you to see a little bit more than you would do if you were just doing the same four characters wandering up yeah. um, sort mm-hmm. of thing. Um, but some of them work, some of them don't. So. <laughs> I, I thought it was interesting who they picked to be the point of views because you would think mm-hmm. from the outset that they would have picked Mercury as a, as a point of view. Yeah, I was curious oh. about yeah, yeah. But I guess it makes him more—he's more mysterious, isn't he? Yes, you don't really yes, know sure. his motivations um, if you—if you don't have his in, inside his brain kind of stuff. I don't know. You know how they—how you know—it—it it turned out that they were hoping for Holden to fail. I just felt like with uh, Murtry, it's almost like they—it's <laughs> like. Who is the guy that we need to get out of the office, you know, and just like, <laughs> I mean, because how just the decisions he made from right off the bat, you know, were just antagonistic and um, and maybe and that was probably meant to just to kind of show the the hubris of the, hmm. the um, I forget which company, you know, he was with and RCE. Yeah, and you know he really didn't res- uh, respect what LV did, and the scientists were trying to do. It just seemed like they were just sort of tag-alongs to whatever he he had to do. But that was my kind of my impression too, just because of his personality. Why would they send someone out who had no negotiating skills whatsoever <laughs> or leadership skills? But to them, I think they did explain it a little bit. Didn't they say that he was just like a safe pair of hands to sell out? He'd be done, you know, settlements or lead missions beforehand, and they thought, you know, probably also by saying get him away from the office, kind of thing, like you say. Yeah. You know, we could do without him around. This would be a good spot for him. But I guess also maybe he's not like that when he's. Mm-hmm in normal society because he had the whole thing about you know this isn't normal society this is frontier you have to be different so he was kind of off of his leash a little bit sort of thing so maybe actually when he's not in the middle of nowhere making those kind of crazy decisions he's a lot more normal (laughs) or (laughs) doesn't come across that badly i guess and you know kind of thinking about that i also thought i mean he killed that one guy what was it cooper cooper yeah and um, you know, just like a an instant decision, 
that's what Miller had done. You know, he had made this instant decision to shoot. And then in the last book, you know, the guy that hurt his spine, he had spaced somebody mm-hmm. just on, you know, an instant decision. So it's almost like that part did come from society, you know, civil society. Um, but just the total package, I just, yeah. I felt like couldn't have found somebody, somebody else to take care of this. But but a lot of the book was an exploration and putting people under extreme pressure with no outside help or That's interference. True. How they how they would react? Like you see how the whole engineering crew who were now military trained but but could be led along under de- desperation to do ridiculous things. Yeah. Well, that wasn't desperation though. They were enjoying that. That was that was fun and games, surely. That was the whole, <laughs> the whole thing. It was, but again, their their opinion switches in a matter of seconds as well. Do you know when they're gonna blow everybody up and then all of a sudden they go, Oh, I'm very sorry, I don't know what I was thinking about later within a second. These kind of very broad changes of opinion seem to happen very quickly after being hell bent and destroying everybody. <laughs> like an almost murderous. Maybe, but again, I think I quite liked how they were done because they were done as kind of like uh, it was hobby recreation on the side, like you go and play paintball, blah, blah, blah. And then the excitement of catching uh, Naomi. And then when you come across, I I have no idea how the idea that they were going to blow up a ship with people on it even was a sensible idea and why they ever thought about that kind of thing or following those orders. That makes no sense to me. But the idea of people getting caught up and and going ahead and following orders and, and, and getting into the whole hype. I think it's a very human thing, actually, getting yeah. caught in crowds and groups of people. Absolutely. Why, why on earth you'd blow up a ship with people on it for no reason? I don't understand that bit. That was weird. Um, but um, the engineers, I thought, were, were kind of interesting, actually. I loved the discussion yeah. they were having with... Havelock should have shot them way earlier, but I did love the back and forth with Havelock while they were doing that, um, which mm-hmm. was quite good as well. Yeah. What did what did you all think of the <clears throat> the triple whammy of the tsunami <clears throat> and the slugs <laughs> and then what was it the flora the I forget yeah. what they called it the flora I where they lost their sight people are losing their sight <laughs> I love the tsunami part I I enjoyed mm-hmm. that the suspense and what's going to happen. And the slugs I was okay with because, yeah, that made sense. It's just, <laughs> yeah. I, I, as I said at the beginning, I, I really liked the first bit, but then it just got a little bit too much. It was like like you said, it was just on top of another thing or another thing or another thing. And I was just like, really? Okay. <laughs> then the fusion car going out. It was like all means and all avenues that had of positive advancement. Were, were taken away from them and they were all ready to die. Yeah, nobody wanted to try something else. They didn't want to leave the small confines of where they were and mm-hmm. go to the ruins or otherwise just to even see. You know, it seemed a bit... None of it made much sense from <laughs> people who were supposedly very smart. I think to a, I think it speaks to how what human nature is when you're out there and you know, there's this frontier and you feel like you have this power. So people vie for control and they, they think they know what's best and they they aren't they aren't always making the most logical decisions. They just have a they want to be the one to plant their flag there and you know, that's you know, like this is mine and I'm gonna take control of the situation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, Tommy says the Earth uh, ex Exploration Team and Security are a private company hired by Earth, similar to Protogen. They're not vetted government employees. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. Background checks optional. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, definitely. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Layla. No, I was just going to say, talking about the tsunami and everything else, I forgot to mention that really the whole planet then was a machine, kind of, right? It if it, well, or it was so programmed um, that the whole planet reacted, you know, and would let food down, but would not let weapons come down. Is that what... You yeah, because the energy signatures or something like again, that. Some of that didn't make sense. Again, are we meant to believe that all these people were going to live there for three years with no food source on the planet and they were going to keep on getting things brought down from the, the ships above long term? And then as soon as all that was over, they were all of a sudden they found a way to make food. It was it was all a bit I, I don't know. Like I'm saying the same thing again and again, but an awful lot of it didn't make an awful lot of scientific sense. I think the science really started to, to bug me at a certain point. In that, okay, if it is as hopeless as they say it is, then why is everybody fighting for their corner of the, the earth? And even Murtry, when he was busy saying, like, we're all going to die here, but at least we'll leave somewhere for the next people to make a start, and hell bent on doing that again, it didn't really seem to fit his MO of winning, mm -hmm. you know, and, and being the, the big dog, last one standing, etc. He seemed to switch around. Yeah, I really didn't understand the end. Like I said, I didn't understand the whole trying to bring down the ship and the people yeah. randomly. And then I didn't understand his exactly that, his last, he, he's just trying to basically kill everyone that wasn't him and then to the point where he's going to die. But like you said, they've made it safe for the next RC people or whatever else. That didn't, to me, that seemed a bit too far-fetched. Um, yeah. But yeah, I guess... I don't know. <laughs> like he was focused on his legacy. Mm. Oh. <clears throat> could be true. Yeah, but uh, yeah, for him, it, it just seemed like that was pie in the sky dreaming because, you know, not not because of him in particularly, but there's so much happening. I doubt they're going to. He's going to be, you know, remembered. Um, because the planet doesn't sound that great to <laughs> me. <laughs> that people are going to come and settle. Unless it's like the belt where they just create, or like Mars, where they just create um, <clears throat> something that helps them, you know, uh, live on the planet more comfortably as humans. That's a good point, actually, because one of the things I thought at the end that wasn't really answered was they're all staying there? From my understanding and making a colony but didn't they have like a massive discussion about the levels of radiation and everything that would have been kicked up by the massive explosion i found that a bit confusing about they would but they're not worried about that anymore at the end i don't know or did the the machines help clear it up i don't know <laughs> I think what was left unresolved uh, for me was that the the squatters came there because they really had nowhere else to go. To go, that's right. And so, um, you know, 
if they don't want more squatters, that is an issue that must be addressed within the system. And I, I mean, that's where my mind went with some of that toward the end. Okay, if they leave, who's going to take them? Where are they going to go? And, you know, that isn't, maybe it'll be explained in the future. Uh, but that, to me, was a loose end. Um, and I just want to mention the connection to Holden and the little boy who died. Katoa. You know how, yeah, how they made that connection. I thought that was okay. But. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, about about um, Bazia, he was the guy. Yeah. yeah again, he yeah. That's a very good point, actually. The fact that he was the guy that um, was. What was his name? The guy that there was in the other book. Um, Prax. Thank you. Yeah, his that the, they were also um, friends before because yeah. they were children. Mm. That's very important. Mm. Uh, Tommy, Tommy mentioned the the Rossi landing with proto with pro, the proto molecule woke, woke the planet up. It was dormant before that. It only reacted to the ship after the island malfunctioned and blew up. Okay. Right. And it all woke up apart from that one section that then Miller then was saying we have to go in and, and see why this bit's shut off for it to work properly or mm -hmm. oh okay. Hmm. See so much. I, I I I kind of feel like that through the book is that I missed a couple of key things that that would have helped it make a bit more sense. And that's that's on me, you know, but <laughs> I, can, I can kind of get your point beforehand because I think initially the um, there was a whole discussion about how the colony was getting re-ups from the ship but they did mm -hmm. have a discussion about how they were going to have to manage that once the ship left and um, they were going to have to start making their own supplies or making mm -hmm. their own food and everything else and they were yeah. working through that but then yeah after the explosion then there was the fact that they, they could barely drop anything that had any kind of battery source or power. Um, and obviously they couldn't bring the ships up and down. Um, so that made more of an issue. And then I guess at that point they wouldn't be able to take all of their ore into space as well. Yeah. Big things. Mm. I did want to ask the question of, I know we've had an ongoing discussion about the, uh, um, oh my God, the Mormons, was it Mormons originally? The oh, yeah. Mormons. And they had that wonderful sentence at the beginning where they were like, it was the Nauvoo and then the Behemoth and then it's Medina Station. Medicine, and they had that yeah. little, that made me laugh from all of our discussions previously <laughs> in the other three books. <laughs> so I enjoyed that. Like, names matter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was good. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Those poor Mormons. I feel bad for them every book. Right. <laughs> they're, they're so close. They're so close. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Skip. I like um, the fact that they addressed it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, did, and, and there was very little Naomi Holden relationshipy stuff mm -hmm. in this one. That was um, very though. I did think maybe um, from what you said earlier, Layla, about Layla, about the. Um, the uh Naomi and Havelock thing I don't know if it was actually meant to soften Havelock because when you were originally he was saying he's taking on the personality of whoever his like lead was or his boss was essentially and he was quite kind of um quite cold and then obviously Naomi helped warm him up a little bit I think mm. so I don't know whether it was a an aid to try and get us to warm to him a bit more um I wasn't sure on that front 
but yeah i didn't like him initially at all i didn't think when i was reading his first chapters um i thought it was a bit meh but i think he got better later yeah yeah was that was that thing of everybody being company men and women you know they're very loyal to what their their brief or what the company wanted them to do and they shouldn't mm -hmm. step outside their brief what did you guys think of the sorry that ticked something in my head what did you guys think of the um uh the fact that the discussions um and the point that the rce had that basically that the um squatters had started all of the um violence and and this the kind of where they were coming from when they initially went down hmm. think about that at all hmm. do you think it was done I mean, well or I, I liked actually the change. I'm pretty sure it's changed from the TV series in that Basia was trying to save the ship rather than actually blow it up, you know, trying to detonate it the landing part earlier and end up inadvertently getting them. But then they went in and murdered. I think it was quite <laughs> it was quite clearly set up that, that both sides very quickly had descended into losing their moral compass, you know, mm. it became territorial and that both sides were very much in the wrong. And I actually thought for a stage at the start that, God, your sympathies are definitely with the RCE because they really mm -hmm. have been quite restrained and, mm -hmm. and quite, haven't done anything. And then, of course, Mercury shots Coop straight in the face just at a 10 meeting. And at that point, that would have been the end of it. Somebody should have just blown him out of the sky. Did you, <laughs> not, did you, you do not think that Holden's response to that was just a bit like lackluster? Like you literally just landed and somebody shoots somebody in the face in front of you. I was just like, and he just took it. He was just like, oh, I guess that happened. <laughs> I thought that was a bit kind of like, oh. That's exactly how I felt about Holden. I was, I'd say he just came across as very weak at that stage, mm, or even yes. more weak than usual, you know, not willing to deal with the issues and let, <laughs> and let Amos take care of it. Because Amos was, was like a dog on a leash the whole time. And so far as he just wanted mm. somebody to tap him on the shoulder and say, go deal with this. And actually, mm -hmm. I know when the TV series dealt with that an awful lot better, you know, that constant pressure of every time Mercury and Amos were together, there was just the threat that the two of them were going to blow each other's heads off. You know, that was, mm -hmm. you got a sense of that in the book, but not the same level. It always felt like Amos just couldn't do, or was not willing to do anything because Holden wouldn't let him. Mm. Mm. I thought in this one, ooh. Oh, uh, Tommy just mentions most of this was uh. from watching Ty Frank explain this stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I feel yes. better now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I sorry, I have good. Yeah, I think we said last time we, I've been um, enjoying that podcast, but I think well, I think we discussed how um, we're trying to not get up not to, to speed yeah. so we don't get all the explanations <laughs> before I, we get to. I didn't watch the TV series this time purposely because I didn't want yeah. to confuse the two right. with you know with one with the other one. So I'm trying to just go on memory, which is an awful lot better because it's very unreliable. <laughs> <laughs> oh, love it. You know, I just to follow up on that, I I did think um, I thought it was a good the the blowing up of the ship by accident. I thought that was a good mm -hmm. like uh, way to start off um, everything. Um, I I guess I found it odd. Speaking of weak, that they so readily took Basia up into the Rasanante and let him like wander around and you know they really don't know him I mean they don't know what's happened we know that Basia didn't mean it and we know that Basia has been yes. through a whole lot of problems before he you know even got to that that planet 
So, um, so we can have some sympathy, but it just seemed very odd that, you know, he's just like walking around the bridge and I don't know. He yeah. was given a position of responsibility very quickly. I know right. there wasn't very many other people to do the work or do anything in around it, but the fact that at the end, I mean, he was ready to go back to stand trial for what he'd done, and they went, "No, just you're fine. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> you did you did good work there. Um, go go back to your family. It's it's it's, it's all forgiven. But Mercury, yeah. he's coming with us. He's he's a, he's a he's a bad dude. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, so you know, I could see that in some ways. I saw it as it's another example of how things start breaking down when you're so far from a true, you know, center of power. But at the same time, um, you know, I, I just thought I, I thought there should be more caution from these very seasoned crew members that anything, I mean, they just went, they just went through the whole Clarissa mess and now they're, they're trusting this stranger essentially. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I did like the Bassia breakdown when he realized the enormity of what he'd done, or you know, with mm -hmm. blowing up the ship and, and thinking about his daughter. I quite liked that part again. It was very quick in the realization that he had, but I suppose in the case of what he was doing, that one made sense in that, that that's somebody's daughter, that's somebody's son, you know, <laughs> the people that were killed. Was it after he takes the daughter off the ship in the um... Yes, yeah, when he, when he yeah, links the two things together yeah. and his yeah, eyes well up. Um, I, I quite like the pathos of that and, mm -hmm. and the payoff of his character to realise, right, I'm going to take responsibility for my actions. So when he doesn't go at the end of it, I think it's supposed you're, uh, you're supposed to read that as being sympathetic to him and going, oh, yeah, it's, it's good that he's dead. Yeah. It's a bit Hollywood of an ending. You know, that's actually my reading experience is that I'm noticing the the absurdity of some of it, some of it, but at the same time, I'm so caught up in it that it makes yeah. sense to me at the moment, mm -hmm. you know, because I, I did feel sorry for Basia. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, you know, I was like, Oh, how nice of them to just let him run around the ship. But then, <laughs> you know, um, if you think about logically, uh, it's like, does this really make sense? So, so that's kind of my reading experience of it. And that's why mm -hmm. I do, I did enjoy this book quite a bit, but then I, yeah, I would step back and say, yeah, that didn't quite make sense, but it was fun. <laughs> so. I'm, ex I'm exactly the same. I think you when you're in a book and you're enjoying the reading process, you forgive an awful lot when you're going right. through it. And it's not only until you start discussing it or, or, or looking back and you're like, oh, actually, yeah. <laughs> Very good point. <laughs> Yeah, I love how tight how tight the crew is and how much they trust each other. But it's also yeah. kind of strange that they're so welcoming for strangers. You'd think that'd be the opposite if they had gone yeah. through so much together and they have this this trust in this really tightly knit group. And they're so welcoming to, or they let you know anyone just kind of roam around. This seems kind of weird to me. Yeah. Well, the the implication is in space. It's very hard to make family, especially within different backgrounds, etc. And the fact that they found each other is unusual. So, like you say, the idea that having fought so hard to find this family that they now have, that they would suddenly welcome all and sundry, and that it's sort of counterintuitive, I think, what would actually happen. Yeah. A few people just don't like making new friends, is what I'm taking from that. <laughs> especially, 
Especially him. What's that guy who doesn't want anybody else in his life? And all of a sudden, he's kind of like, I like this guy and I like that girl. And, uh, you know. So I didn't, I really didn't like, that's not true. I didn't, uh, I thought Amos in this book was quite 2D. He, he was yes, only there for one reason. He was only the violent person. He was only there to, you know, be that. I didn't, I thought in the other books, he's had a lot more, not, he's just he's more slightly more rounded um, than he had been in this book, um, particularly. I did like the discussion about um, Alex's, a little bit more about Alex's history. And oh, that, yeah. you know, that whole spiel about um, how he actually ended up, wife. yeah, his wife and how he actually, he just left her because he couldn't deal with her. I thought that was kind of nice. Because again, we haven't had too much of an explanation of his history, his history before. So I enjoyed learning, um, learning that about him, I think. Mm -hmm. mm. Yeah, I really like that too. I actually have that page tabbed yeah. that alex they love that alex uh that we got some background on him yeah i think it's a shame we don't get enough of the four characters together at the same place this is a couple of books now where they've kind of been split up from each other you know a couple doing there and a couple there but that the four of them together kind of interacting with each other just by themselves mm -hmm. um they're all seem to be doing their own thing and i'd like kind of more of that togetherness so that we get a sense of their group dynamic mm-hmm mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. I think it's, um, I think, like you said, maybe because they have to bring in these other characters and other points of view. But yeah, it would be great to have them actually like a, I think, a mission, a mission uh, story together um, so you could see that. Yeah. My favorite uh, line. Third, my favorite lines from the, from the whole series were uh, Do you ever feel like the universe is about to get you, Holden? No, I feel like it's about to get you, Amos. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I do love the humor. Yeah, Amos yeah. Is, is often the fun, the funny character in it as well. <laughs> Actually, in this one, there were a couple of one-liners which I thought were were particularly good. Like I, I liked the one um, uh, where they're talking about how the uh, drive's been taking off, and he was like, "Miller, is the sun going to go out?" That section just made me crack up really badly. I thought it was brilliant. <laughs> it's like just double checking that that also wasn't going to happen. I like that Miller was back. I, I just love the Miller character so much. I think he's so dry. I think he's got an honesty about him, and he's he's really good for Holden to to check Holden all the time to say, you know, mm. um, Holden's going to do one thing, and he points out, actually, <laughs> this is where you should be reading this situation. Do you think that would be the last of him, though? I think so. I think yeah, so. Yeah, that's what I thought. I was a bit sad about it. Yeah, but maybe shot him into Holden... the sun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but now Holden's in his final form. He's grown up, you know. He's shot somebody in the face and or in the in the chest, and he shoot him in. Sorry, and then his left arm and his right leg or something like that. He definitely Mercury definitely dies in the TV series. He he meets a very brutal end in the TV series. I remember that. Oh, I don't remember that. What happened? I, maybe I'm misremembering it. Maybe that's just my me projecting what I wanted to happen the whole way through that series. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't remember that guys. story. Hmm. I don't remember it very well at all. So, yeah. like my fear of the TV series was that this was an odd series as well because of its kind of planet setting and kind of adversarial kind of nature of, of everything that went on. Although I enjoyed it by the end. Um, and interestingly, I think the series you're talking about he must be in two D in the book, and he definitely is. Actually, in the series, I feel like his character got developed a lot through that series. Mm -hmm. And you know his brooding nature, and then kind of being restrained, and him fighting himself rather than just kind of like asking for permission from Holden all the time. 
There was a, a quote on five, page 538 in my copy, but um, civilization has a built-in lag time, just like a light delay. We fly out here to this new place, and because we're civilized, we think civilization comes with us. It doesn't. We build it, and while we're building it, a whole lot of people die. Mm -hmm. And they give some examples of, uh, you know, the American West, uh, you know, what, what happened during that time period. Um, so I thought that was really kind of put it in perspective. Mm -hmm. Yeah, And Murtry could give the whole analogy for the American Wild West, you know, at the time uh, when he was talking about it. And obviously that was the idea when they set it to write it, is they wanted to write a frontier story. Uh, mm. based on the Wild West and the fact that there were no railroads when they got there, they had to build it all themselves. Yeah, and that discussion about um, uh, about how Murti, what was his name again? Mur how do you say it? Murtry. Murtry was the guy you need there at the time and Holden was the person you'd bring along once the railroads were actually already there. Mm. Um, it was kind of interesting for him. Uh, Tammy had a, had a comment. In the TV show, they take him prisoner Amos tries him, tries out his newly grown fingers oh, on yeah. his face. <laughs> Unreliable narrator, narrator right here. <laughs> Forgot about that. I, I, that's the one thing I like about there's certain things that we accept as being like fatal wounds or, you know, changing way of life immediately. Like, ah, oh, he's going to have to grow some new fingers or a new hand or something. They're like, oh, that's okay. Don't worry about that. It's perfectly acceptable. It's a nice way to have uh, things not really be consequential, actions not really be consequential, and you can just re re, re mm -hmm. True, true. Hmm. I'm not sure. Um, there were a couple of times, actually, there were, with this, this Amos 2D aggression time, there was a couple of times, wasn't there, where there was the one where he had Havelock with the gun. Mm -hmm. I think um, Holden says, oh, um, I've never seen Amos walk into a fight that he didn't think he was going to win. And then again, when, when he um, gets shot and obviously Elvin leaves him and Holden's like, no, he can't be dead. He would, he would never, he would never die sort of thing. And I was just He's like, not being... okay. <laughs> it's, it's sort of painted like a Superman character, isn't he? There, mm. there, there, there are certain things. There's nobody is equal uh, in terms of, you know, willing to sacrifice or prepared to go the extra length. So therefore, He'll not be the first one down in a fight or something. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. So the, I don't want to say too much. I'm not sure who's watched this series, but there's a character that dies from the crew, and I'm curious if that same character will die in the book. I don't know if you've all seen mm -hmm. the series. but No, I believe is the answer. Oh, okay. Because it was a Me Too thing, I think, is why his character was killed. That's what I remembered, yeah. I wasn't oh, sure if it was right. in the book. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, uh, I thought, I thought it, he did, but it was in a different way. Well, well it I'm... may have been. It may have been. I don't know. That'll be for to be discovered. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love how we're all being like to a sworn. I don't know. I haven't read the books, but but I believe that he was written out of the show at that time because, because of, yeah. yeah, yeah. I think it did come as a surprise on the show. So yeah, so I don't. I would think not in the books, but yeah. it was almost like they recorded that bit later in the show. It was like this finished shooting series, and they went, "Oh, we're gonna have to do something about this, so we'll just shoot an extra couple of scenes," mm. and um, that was that we'll put it in that way. Yeah. <laughs> we'll have to see. We'll have to see. I don't know if what. Yeah. I'm not sure. I can't remember. But yes, that would be interesting if that comes. I'll find out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> mm. 
Um, I don't know if you already did it, Leila, but Cibola, what Cibola was? I did. About the, you did? That's good. That's yeah, good. did you? I did. I looked it up as well. It's, it's the first thing that, that I really look up, especially when there's an odd name. I don't think I'll be able to, I'll not be doing it for the next book, but um, but yeah. Cibola, I did look up and went, actually, I can see how that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Well, what I found, it's like an ancient city or a city of gold. Yeah, it's the Montezuma like thing. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Yeah. It's also the National Park here. It's uh, Cibola National Park. Really? Oh, yeah. oh interesting. Since yeah. the writers yeah, are from, right. here. from here, yeah. Does the name have an, a different meaning, or does it have? The... You know, I'm not too sure. I'll have to. I'll have to find out. Yeah, yeah, but it's the national park name here. Interesting. Mm -hmm. That is interesting. The name, the names of the books are in general quite interesting because they very rarely link with anything in the actual story. Uh -huh. So it's more like a an overarching kind of theme that they've kind got. Of, yeah, kind of a theme. Mm -hmm. And Tommy said they found out after they finished the season what the actor did and changed it post production. Uh, mm. That's, that's, what that's, I that's what it looked like. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. I didn't realize. I thought, because I actually thought it was done, we're getting ahead of ourselves, but I actually thought that was done in quite a, um, a nice way because of the discussions they had about the risks of mm. flight and everything else. I yeah. thought that was a very um, clever way of, of it. Yeah. offing a character. <laughs> sort of thing, so. Yeah. Didn't realize that. I was sad as well, actually, because I think I do really like Alex. I do really like him as a character, but um, good. Oops. Don't ever tell me your secrets, guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I do. I do like that character too. Yeah, that's why I liked having learning more about him this in this yeah. one. Yeah. A kind of dry yeah. wit. He's, he's he's almost like the even though Hall, Holden is the hero and the captain, he's almost the father. Um, Alex, you know, he's he's like the the bit people go and talk to him and tell him their problems, and then he tells them theirs. He shares a bit of himself, and everything just kind of calmed down a little bit. I did like the scene where they all came back for the cup of coffee, and they're shouting <laughs> all of the ship. Yeah, and stick me on a cup. Yeah, stick me on a cup. That's, yeah. <laughs> That's good. I think yeah, you do. Yeah, I think very much. Not quite a father figure because I don't think he's portrayed in kind of in that manner. But you did get a lot of his how much he cared about the crew mm. and how far he was willing to go as well. Um, where he was, especially with the when Naomi got captured um, and his reaction to kind of uh, wanting to just go full on the other ship uh, mm. with their weapons and everything else. That was and, he, and even the fact that he had made a promise to Bassia to rescue his daughter and that, that was mm -hmm. because he'd made the promise it was going to happen in one way or another. Mm. That's good. Uh, Tammy said they also had to cut a bunch of scenes to minimize the screen time which heavily affected pacing and important storylines. That's surprising because I thought it was they pulled it off pretty good I thought it didn't they seem did, yeah. too crazy so they did a good job with, with that last minute change. I guess um, it would be if they'd already seen the scenes, though, maybe it's from their point of view. Like, if you don't yeah. see the scenes at all, you'd be like, well, there's no difference, but <laughs> yeah. see it from the other side. Like, oh, that was easy. And they spent like, you know, months on it. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, exactly. You know what? Cool. The, the team 
you know, the Rasanante crew actually, as a trope, it's it's reminding me more and more of Star Trek, the original Star Trek, you know. Um, especially now they have all these planets they can go explore mm. and um, adhere to the prime directive, you know, do no, Didn't except they're all uninhabited planets. But um, <laughs> I, I just, I get a better sense of what they're trying to do now with the crew, you know, because I started thinking of it in terms of how, how Star Trek was and how they are all loyal to each other. And I'm thinking of the original series, you know, uh, yeah. along with the others. But. Mm. Uh, Tommy mentioned a lot of the Mars stuff was right. Uh, oh yeah, it was cut. Mm. Mm. That'll be interesting. And speaking of Star Trek, they do have the red shirts too. So. Oh yeah, that's right. hundred percent, hundred percent. Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> made that point too. Yeah. Sometimes you can tell that it, yeah, it's, he's not going to make it. <laughs> yeah. I didn't see Coop getting killed though, to be fair. No, 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 no. no I didn't see that either. Mm. That was shocking. Yeah. Mm. That was a good one. Especially <laughs> given that it was so out in the open. But I think, again, it just went to show you the insight into Murtry's character that it didn't mm. matter. He wasn't going to do it behind people's back. He was going to be very upfront and violent and use kind of fear to control people and get his way rather mm. than uh, yeah. doing anything else. Yeah. Mm. can't remember if I actually liked his character initially, but I think that was because what he, initially what he was doing seemed reasonable because of the yeah. fighting was started on the other side. But then he just got more and more out of like just... No, I was like, okay, no, I don't like him anymore. <laughs> yeah, lots of, uh, yeah, I think, I don't know. This is an interesting one. So what do you sure. think? I actually, I'm getting to the point where I'm like, I do remember this book, but I think we're going to get into, into books I haven't read previously now. Mm -hmm. But I don't know, do you guys... Do you have any idea of what's going to happen in the next book? Any idea where it's going to go? Or? Well, I would imagine, and I don't know because I check, but we've, we've got to meet Kamina in the next book. She's got drummer, drummer's got, got to be here in the next book, I would imagine. Mm. Who? Um, Do you say drummer? Yeah, drummer, yeah, yeah. Mm. She's got to make an appearance very, very soon. I would imagine so it'll be about her and then the Naomi's ex-lover. Yeah. Oh. oh, do you think they'll start that arc of the story then? Well, that was the fifth series of the, of the TV series. Was that oh. a little bit before that? Um, to kind of set the, the groundwork, etc. But I would imagine that's what's going to happen in the next book. I could be completely wrong. I haven't looked character names or anything and we did get a sense that Draper's going to be back in the fold Bobby's going to yes. be, yes, going to be yes, back so she's she's got a role still to play Avicerala's going to bring her back in mm -hmm. and please God Avicerala's in the next book because even though she was only <laughs> in it for one, two chapters here it was amazing mm. I did think it was oh, funny no. okay. the, the comment by Tammy it's just <laughs> uh, Drummer was an amalgam of different, a lot of different Belter characters mm. that breaks my heart 
<laughs> I think we knew that she wasn't part of it already because in the and I'm going to spoil it for people who haven't seen the series, but because of the dude that was in the um who broke his back. Yeah, the bull. Yeah, that mm. happened to her in her. The TV that's series, right. Yeah, that's so right. Instead, yeah. so I knew that either she was a different character or she was done differently. I, I just thought she was a different character that. was coming later, but oh, that breaks my heart. Oh. <laughs> oh well i'll get over it to be fair though it was surprising because i would have if given how prominent that, that, that she is in tv show i thought we would have mm. met her already you know so maybe that doesn't make a lot of that sense mm. Mm. but no it'd be, it'd be really cool if we do get into the yeah. um more of naomi's history yeah. and the, yeah. the 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 belt thing because i thought that was a, a really interesting uh yeah, storyline so mm. that'd be fun uh, Tony says she is oh. a character, but it's just not the same as TV. Okay, that's good. So she's still around. That's cool. I, I I really like spotting the differences between the adaptation and the and the novels. Yeah, me and too. Then think, yeah. And then thinking about why would you do that, or why would you make that decision to change it? I think that that's one of my favorite things about about reading things that have been adapted after the fact. Mm. Kind of go, oh, yeah. Okay. I think it's really good fun, actually. Yeah. Also, Tammy has been very, very helpful, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, definitely. MVP. Yes, <laughs> yeah. Sure. Definitely yeah. has. <sighs> yeah, keeping us straight. <laughs> definitely. I think they foreshadowed Naomi a bit by when Holden, Holden mentioned having children and she was like, no, no children. Do you remember reading that or did mm -hmm. I? Yeah. That was in the last book, wasn't it? That was, yeah. it was in this book so yeah. much. So I think they're kind of setting up for something. Um, Coming up. And, yeah. yeah, that speaks to just something else that um, while these people are very loyal to each other, they only know each other from their current actions like they don't know their past and yeah so that is a an interesting area to explore i think mm. no, definitely. Sure. i do also want to know how they swing because of the the fact that obviously i can't remember how it works out in the series mm -hmm. but how they they're going to align the fact that all the belters could just go and live on a planet now yes but they're going to have this uprising of the Belters in space from the TV series. So how that's going to be. Well, they said the 1600 ships, isn't there? Just after the, what happened on, um, on the planet that they're, they're like, right. Okay. Mm -hmm. We can all make our fortune. It's, it's mm -hmm. again, very America's mm -hmm. wild west. You know, everybody there's gold to be found in there in their hills. Yeah. And everybody goes and heads towards <laughs> San Francisco, you know? Yeah. yeah. But then how, how, cause that whole point about the, um, and again, I don't want to be giving away more spoilers, but the whole point in the series is that the belters want like they're a nation and then they all combine under the one flag. Yeah. But if everyone can go just live on a, planet then what makes them belters so i don't know how they're gonna align that in the in the arc overarching story yeah i think they, they kind of talked about that insofar as that when they left the planet that actually the first babies would probably be mixed you know background you know there'd be one from the rce and one from from the belters original colony mm -hmm. and that people actually once they settle on the planet lose their identity of where they came from and they just became natives on that planet mm -hmm. hmm. 
Interesting. Uh, Tommy said the actress was supposed to be in one episode, but she was so amazing they kept adding and expanding her role. Her role. That's yeah. neat. Yeah. Karachi is oh, very cool. Incredible, and not yeah. 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 <laughs> hmm. Good stuff. Yeah. I always love these discussions because I always have a different perspective of them by the time we're done. <laughs> yeah, I've softened on it. You see, I've we've done this this uh, talk and uh, from maybe DNFing at one point. <laughs> wow. It would have been a DNF, but to read the next book kind of thing. Um, just move on to kind of going. Okay, okay, I'm, I'm on board. <laughs> there was more here, and there was uh, things that I just kind of got carried away with myself a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think the size didn't help. I think it was. Yeah, the extra hundred pages. If I actually felt that when I was reading it, you know, it kind of felt yeah. like, oh, there's a lot going on here, and it feels like it's dragging out a little bit. Mm. Do you know what we haven't discussed? Mm. The big bad. What did you? I mean, at the end, did you? What do you guys think of that? Because it was just basically a, a hole. Is what I got. From. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Yeah, the, 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 the big eye. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like that's, that's, that's who wiped out the 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 people who built the station. Was my understanding. Oh, yeah. Hmm. I can't, it's a bit odd. I, don't, I can't. I felt like I missed something in it. And so far as was it just like a big growth over the control panel or over the generator or and then it was attacked by all the like limbs and bits of it when they were fighting it. I don't know. It seemed a bit. Odd. I could have done with the visualization of that. And again, I'm not sure that happened in the TV series either. I think they maybe did away with that. I can't remember that bit from the TV series at all. I just remember thinking it was a setup to be a complication, you know, as we go forward. But mm. I also mm. love the idea, you know just of you know this other incredible crisis and tragedy um and here are these humans who are totally a different species you know um discovering this and um not really paying attention to it and just fighting each other but, <laughs> you know, um but uh yeah very i found it very intriguing and interesting yeah, it looks like uh, the Eye of Sauron on TV. Okay, okay. That's cool. <laughs> gonna I like to read and find out. That's 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 good. It's still gonna be dealt with, and we're gonna come back to it. Yeah. 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 Oh, so you softened up, huh, Chris? I have. I mean, it's one of my favorite books now. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> good stuff yeah they're fun they are they're yeah you know, they're like they're popcorn reads it's just like it's yeah. just fun you know it's just but and popcorn, it's, it's popcorn a... read sorry popcorn reads of 600 pages are better if they're popcorn reads of 500 pages <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly but while, while they are popcorn reads they do have a lot they do have some serious um themes that they, they're trying to mm -hmm. tackle too so that's yeah. what's the balance of it yeah. yeah and that that makes it great to me mm -hmm. yeah 
And that's the things I'm finding about myself is that if there's more thematic stuff, I really engage with it. And if there's more action at the expense of the thematic, I'm, I'm like, this is my favorite parts of this. So, yeah. yeah, I'm finding stuff about myself reading it. It's good. <laughs> A journey of self exploration, reading the Indeed. expanse. Yeah, <laughs> <the> expanse indeed. <laughs> Malaz and Malite, or Malaz and Huh. Yeah. Interesting. That is interesting, indeed. Hmm. I've not heard of that series. I'm going to have to go and Google it. <laughs> <laughs> Don't yeah, go going too far. You get yeah. There's a hole you're gonna go down there, Robin. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, it's a deep hole. It is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's some. This series is something else. <laughs> there's a pretty good character in the one I'm reading now, House of Chains. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I hear that's a whole other. <laughs> A whole nother change of uh, scenery, a whole new uh, part of the world, or some of that. Yeah. Yeah. Haven't started it yet, but it's coming up here there soon. Yeah. Cool. Cool. So, uh, final thoughts, Robin. What did you? What are your thoughts on this one? Uh, I think it's sort of the beginning. I I liked it. I thought it was. Uh, I liked the idea of it, like the concept. Obviously, it's a lot smaller than the kind of space up ones we've had before we've mm -hmm. got all the different worlds and it would be nice to return to that but I enjoyed the storyline forgave uh some of the things that were to be overlooked I think because I was enjoying it so yeah all in all I was good probably not the strongest but um I enjoyed it <laughs> what about you Layla oh yes I I did enjoy it very much um so thumbs up on this mm -hmm. one Chris, is a five-star read for you now? It's fine. <laughs> I'm over it. Uh, we're happy. I'm happy it's happened, and I'm, I'm happy the events happened, and if, if Holden's a better man for it, then we're all a big winner. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Yeah, I think it was okay. I mean, it, it was fine. It was my favorite of the series, but it wasn't terrible either. It's just, you know, one of those things. But no, it's, it was... Uh, I do like the, the themes that they're exploring, and Kind of the ideas i just think they're it could be a little bit a little shorter but yeah yeah but these these discussions are worth it so yeah <laughs> no no complaints well cool uh so robin where can people find you if they want to find out more about you or connect with you uh where can they find me uh they can find me on youtube um or i think where i'm most active is probably twitter i am also on instagram um all under book ends and biscuits so feel free to say hi yes and Layla? Um, just on Twitter right now. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And Chris? Uh, you can find me on YouTube. Um, just my name, Chris Moen. And on Twitter, 7 o'clock shadow. Nice. And I'll add all those links to the description for anyone wanting to uh, to find you and check out all their good stuff. And Layla has some stuff coming up that we're excited to, yeah. to see being worked mm -hmm. on. So, so thank you, uh, everyone in the chat and uh for coming by thank you tammy and for the sure. other commenters for hanging out and chatting with us keeping us uh keeping us on the straight and narrow so yeah yeah for sure cool well we'll be back uh next month for the next book until then we'll see everybody soon thank you bye